Everybody good? Glad you're here. Thank you, I'm here. I am here. Matthew 6, we're going to start there. And um, just before we go any further, um, not saying that you weren't good responders during worship because I wasn't in here. I believe you were good responders. But uh, just to kind of let it be known for the rest of your life as I'm here, which is a long time because I'm 28 years old, so it's going to be a long time. Uh, We're going to be a responsive church. So I'm not saying you were bad in your response. I'm just saying, remember that next time you think about having a lack of response. Remember that. So we're going to be responsive in the worship, and we're going to be responsive in the giving time, and we're going to definitely be responsive in the preaching time. Isn't that right? Because this place seems so much bigger. I know it's the same size as it's always been, but it seems so much bigger. So you got to like raise your voice to respond a little bit because it sounds a little different in here. And it sounds a little bit more empty, so that means more people have to respond. Uh, so that, is that a good deal for the first of the year? So we're going to be a responsive church. And Dr. Dufresne said, you get more when you respond more. So we're going to respond. In Matthew 6, we're going to start in verse... 25. I'm going to start a new series this year at the beginning of the year. And uh, this is going to be some of our theme verses for the series. Matthew 6 and verse 25. This is red letter, so it's Jesus speaking. It says, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is your life more than food and your body more than clothes? Verse 26, look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more value than they? In verse 27, which of you by worrying could add one cubit to your stature? I know that for a fact. You can't get any more inches (laughs) by worrying about it. And all the short people said amen. Okay. I'm not bitter about that. I'm okay. It ruined my basketball career, but other than that, uh, Matthew 6, where were we? 28. So why do you worry about your clothes? Consider the lilies of the field, for they grow, and they neither toil nor, nor spin. Yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is today, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you of you a little faith? Verse 31, therefore do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear, for all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. Now, we read all that just to get to verse 33, key verse for this series. It says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Can I get amen in the house of God? No, to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So we're going to start a series called First. At the first of the year, on the first Sunday, on the first month of this new year, we're going to be talking about first. And if you're taking notes, the first message of first is going to be called First Things First. First things first. Look at your neighbor and say, first things first. Now look at your other neighbor and say, first things first, I'm the realist. Did you say I'm the realist? At the end of that, first things first? Okay, first things first is what we're going to talk about today. So we're going to stay in Matthew 6. And notice in Matthew 6, we're going to read again. It says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. So, um, if you've grown up in church, maybe you haven't, but you've just been around Christians before, you hear people say this a lot, and they say the sentence, put God first. And usually it's if your life is falling apart, somebody tells you, you need to put God first. And most people don't know how to practically put God first. 
And so that's what we're going to talk about because we can't just tell people from the pulpit or we can't just tell our friends, you need to put God first and then just walk out of the room and just like you just dropped a bomb on them. And then expect them to know what you're talking about. And people say, well, you just need to put God first. You need to put God first in your life. You need to do this. You need to do that. And nobody tells you practically how do we put God first in our life as believers. Because it's one thing to say, well, seek first the kingdom of God. But how do you do that on Monday through Saturday, not just on Sunday? Now, we're about to preach. You ready for this? Because if... You only put God first on Sunday, and not on Monday through Saturday, you really don't put God first. And that's where the disconnect for a lot of believers is, is they come to church on Sunday, they're okay with that, but practically, Monday through Saturday, they're not putting God first, and they're wondering why their life is the way it is. It's because there's a disconnect. You can't just put God first on one day and forget about him the other six days. That's really not putting God first. We put God first when we worship God the same way we worship him on Sunday, on Monday through Saturday. We put God first when we act the same way we did on Sunday towards God that we do the rest of the week. And so we're going to split this up into three different messages the next three weeks And we're going to talk about three different things. And the first thing we're going to talk about is your time. That's what we're going to talk about today. So today we're going to talk about putting God first in our time. Now next week we're going to be talking about putting God first in our treasure. In the third week we're going to be talking about putting God first in our talents. But today we're going to start with our time because that's the most fun one for all of us in here. We're going to start with time And then the second message is going to be about treasure. And you're saying, man, you're going for it as lead pastor. First couple messages. You're getting all up in people's messages, talking about their money and their time. Yes, I am. Because if we're going to put God first, we have to put him first in our time, our treasure, and our talents. But we're going to talk about our time first because that's where it starts. And so we're going to put God first in our time. And... It's been said before, and you've probably heard people say this, but specifically with the first two things we're going to talk about these next two weeks, somebody said this, if you want to see what you love and what you put first, look at your calendar and look at your bank account. Ouch. Isn't that the truth? If you want to see what you really love and what you really put first, look at your calendar and look at your bank account because it will tell you immediately who and what you put first. Now, I'm not here to condemn anybody, but listen to what I'm saying. I'm here to challenge you today. When all that's in your calendar is sporting events, and all that's on your bank account is sporting events, that's what you love and that's what you put first. If all that's first in your life is you going shopping, if that's what's on your calendar, if that's what's on your bank account 24-7, that's what you put first in your life. If everything that's on your calendar is your job, your career, your overtime, and you're spending your money to to work harder and harder and harder, that's what you really love and that's what you put first, not God. Can we be honest this morning? That's the truth. Because the two things we can check immediately, and you guys can go home and check this today and find out what's first in your life. You look at your calendar and look at your bank account, and that will probably give you some answers on why your life is the way it is right now. Because we can't just come to church and say that God's first, and our bank account and our calendar says something different. That's really not putting God first. You're still here this morning. So if we want to see what we put first, look at your calendar and look at your bank account. And the first Sunday, we're going to talk about your calendar, your time, your time. Now, when God is first in our life, everything is in divine order. But listen to this. But when he's not first, everything in our life is out of order. I'm going to say that one more time so you can hear what I said. When God is first in our life, everything in our life is in divine order. But when he's not first, everything in our life is out of order. And how many know when something is out of order, that means it's not working? 
anymore. Are you hearing me this morning? When something's out of order, when the vending machine that you wanted that bag of Cheetos from is out of order, what does that mean? It means it's not working. In the same way, when God is not first in our lives, our life is not working, it's out of order. You might say, it's working, I still have a job, I still have a family, I still have all these things going on in our life, but you don't have the life that God meant for you to have because He's not first. You might have a life, but it's not in order, and it's really not working, if we could be honest here. And realize the best thing you can do for your husband or wife is not to put them first, is to put God first. Because you'll be a better husband and wife if God is first. The best thing you can do for your kids is not put them first. It's to put God first because then you'll be a better parent. The best thing you can do for your friends is not put them first. It's to put God first. You want to be a better employee? Don't put your career first. Put God first. Because then you'll be a better employee at your job. And a lot of times we get this out of order because the world tells us the complete opposite. You've heard people say stuff. It sounds so right, but it's not right. They say, well, you, it's family first. Career first. No, God needs to be first. And notice when God's first, then everything else comes in order after that. You can have other things and other priorities in your life. It's the problem is when they become the first thing in your life. God doesn't mind that we have other things going on in our life. He wants us to have a family. He wants us to have children. He, he wants us to have a thriving career. He wants us to enjoy hobbies, to, to enjoy the outside, to enjoy our life, to go on vacation. But it's a difference in enjoying that and making that first. And God says, when I'm in first place in your life, then everything is in divine order. But if I'm not, everything is out of order. Can I just say this? I, I know we got plenty of time here. We, we got lots and lots of time. I'm going to preach for two hours. No, I'm joking. <laughs> so when we're thinking about putting God first in our lives, we need to think about this. When God's not first, everything is out of order, and it's not working. At the first of the year, we know a lot of people do New Year's resolutions. They challenge themselves to lose weight, to look better to read more books, to take more hikes, to go on vacation, to stay off Facebook for a whole month. They do all sorts of things like that that never work. And they always, at the beginning of the year, people always try to do resolutions to try to feel better about themselves. I'm really going to do it this time. Can I say this? I'm just throwing this out here as a 28-year-old lead pastor in this first Sunday. Can I say this? Maybe the reason why some of the things we're doing doesn't work is because God's not first. You're trying to fix your marriage, but your marriage isn't the problem. It's putting God first is the problem. You're trying to lose weight. You're trying to get in better shape. But if you put getting in shape above God, you're not going to make it. You've got to put God first. And you know what? If you put him first, he'll help you lose weight. He'll help you get in better shape. He'll help your body heal up. And a lot of times we're going at these things the wrong way by trying to focus on them, and then we leave God behind, and we're not putting him first. And like I said, if he's not first, then everything else in our life is out of order. But when he is first, everything in our life comes into divine order. You still here this morning? You didn't go home, did you? Matthew 6, let's read it again. It says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Now, we're going to start in Genesis, and we're going to go all the way through Revelation. See, that's why I said I need two hours. I'm, I'm kind of joking. I'm not going to have you turn to any verses right now, but just listen to me. There is principles in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, that talk about putting God first. That starts in Genesis and goes all the way to Revelation. And so we, I want to talk about that for a second because this is not a new idea that Jesus brought on the scene about putting God first or putting his kingdom first. 
It's been going on since the book of Genesis. Now, in Genesis, we know in, in the beginning, Adam and Eve were created. And there was mountains and streams and puppies and dinosaurs and all sorts of fun stuff. In the beginning, joking, kind of. But I do like dinosaurs. So probably dinosaurs were there also. And in the beginning, there was all these things made for man. He had food, he had animals, he had rivers, he had shelter, he had everything he wanted. But God said, don't touch one tree. Literally, two people had the entire planet to do whatever they wanted to do. You can eat anything you want. You can climb any mountain you want. You're the only two people who live here. You can, you can go to any stream you want, any ocean. You can hang out with any animal you want. You can do whatever you want, but don't touch one tree. Now, there's a principle there because God said, all I'm asking is that you just put me first. All these things, like Jesus said, you can have, but just put me first. And notice what mankind did. Sin came. And they took God out of the first place and decided they knew better than God. Of course, we all know what happened. We're still paying the consequences of that on the planet. We live under a cursed planet, a fallen world. Because the first two people decided, I'm not going to put you first. Now, we look at that and we think, man, that is crazy. You literally had every tree Millions and billions of trees, and you chose one to eat. You just couldn't put God first in one thing. But we do that all the time with stuff. Let's not be so judgmental towards Adam and Eve. We probably would have ate it the first day. I mean, it at least took them a couple days to eat it. But we do that with other things in our life. God says, don't touch that tree. Guess what tree you're touching first? Just like a kid. Don't pick that up. Immediately goes to pick it up. Don't put your hand in the light socket. Immediately they're going towards the light socket. Isn't that true? And that's that sin nature that tries to creep in our flesh and it's all around us. When we're told not to do something, we go right towards it. And God said, all I'm asking is you just put me first. So it started there, and and notice it goes on, and Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, and those men of God put God first, and God blessed their families and blessed their lives, and they were prosperous, and, and and they had great families, and they had great success, and God blessed Abraham and all his things, but that's because Abraham put him first. And then we go on, and we know it with Moses and the children of Israel coming out of Egypt and Exodus, God brought all his people out of Egypt, which was millions of people. And after they all came out of Egypt, God told them many times that you need to put me first. Now, back then, they had actual days and months where they worshiped and celebrated God bringing them out of Egypt. And if you read through the first five books of the Bible, you'll see this time after time, because I was looking at it last night. There's hundreds of times where God says, I want you to do this on the first day. I want you to celebrate me on the first month. And then he goes on and says this. Now, this is not coincidence that he says first. I want you to celebrate me on the first day. I want you to have this certain festival on the first month. Why? Because it's a symbol that you're putting God first. You're honoring him, notice, with your time, with the first. And God says this, and we know this all throughout the Old Testament, when they would bring offerings, when they would bring tithes, they weren't bringing money, they were bringing grain, they were bringing sheep, they were bringing cattle. But every time he would say that, He wouldn't say, bring me your leftovers. If you've already paid all your bills, then if you have any sheep left over, try to bring it to church. 
Didn't say that. If you have any cows left after you had your big feast, maybe think about me. No, God would say very boldly all throughout the Old Testament, there's a principle here, it's the principle of first. God would say, you need to bring me the first of your crops. You need to bring me the first of your grain. Because it's an honor. It's an attitude of your heart. And you can say, well, you know, it's not a big deal. It's just physical things. But, but these actions that we have show what our real attitude is towards God. Well, it's just money and it's just, you know, Sunday morning. It's not that big a deal. It is a big deal because it shows where your heart's really at. And God says, I want you to bring the first of your crops I want you to bring your, the first of your herds. He would always say, I want, want you to bring your firstborn. Are you picking up what I'm laying down this morning? God says, I want to be first in your life. Why? Not because he needs it, because he's insecure and he has an ego. No, because it helps you, not him. When you put him first, you're reminded of who's really God in this. You're reminded of where your provision comes from. I'm preaching. You're reminded of when you're, where your healing comes from. You're reminded of who delivered you out of Egypt in the first place when you put God first. So this is not something, well, God's insecure and he has an ego, so he needs me to do something for him. No, you need it more than he needs it. And because he knows that, he says, just put me first and all these things will be added unto you. All these things. But he says, I want you to bring the first of your crops, the first of your herds. He would say, I want you to worship me on the first day. Dedicate to me the first month. Bring your firstborn. And that's where God's blessing was, on first. Now, in the Ten Commandments, it's interesting that the first commandment of the Ten Commandments is you shall put no other gods before me. You think it was an accident that that's the first commandment? The first commandment is to put him first. Because if you don't have the first one right, the other will be out of order. If you don't have the first one down, then you can't do the other nine. Because God says, you will have no other gods before me. What is he saying? You need to put me first. Now, we're seeing this from a 2016 perspective. And we're thinking, okay, well, these are people thousands of years ago who were not educated, not sophisticated. They didn't drive cars. They didn't fly planes. And, of course, because they worshipped idols and they had all these statues, we don't do that in 2016. Yes, we do. Because to be honest with you today, whatever you give your time, your talent, and your treasure to, that's what you already are worshiping right now. That's what you're putting first in your life. And so he says, first commandment, you will have no other gods before me. Because I want to be first. Now let's deal with this again. And I said this earlier. God doesn't say he wants to be first in your life because he's insecure. God doesn't say he wants to be first in your life because he's got an ego problem. He realizes if you put anything in your life first other than God, you're going to be disappointed. And he loves you enough to tell you, if you don't put me first and you put other things above me, you're going to be disappointed. You're going to be depressed. You're going to be suicidal. You're going to be upset. You're going to be worried because they're not real gods. And so he's not saying that necessarily for his benefit, but for our benefit, that you won't have any other gods before me. Because there is no other God that can satisfy you like he can. There's no other God that can give you joy and peace and healing, and joy, and all these things that we're looking for. So God says, put me first, because you're looking for all these things, but I'm where it starts. you got to put me first, 
Now you listening to me this morning. So he says, you shall have no other gods before me. That's the first commandment. Now let's look at Matthew 6 again. It's interesting in the Gospels, Jesus simplifies it. And when they ask Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? What did he say? The first and greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. All these verses are pretty much saying the same thing, just in different ways. God says the first commandment you need to get is you need to love God or you need to put God first above any other love. Above any other person. Above any career. Above any car or any house or any relationship or any child or anything in your life. You need to put me first and you love God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength because out of that flows the rest of your life. And if you get that right, everything else gets into order. In Matthew 6.33, Jesus says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. All these things will be added unto you. Now, the setting of Matthew 6 was called the Sermon on the Mount. Now, a lot of you have heard of that. Maybe some of you haven't, but Matthew 5, 6, and 7 is called the Sermon on the Mount, which literally Jesus was being followed by multitudes. I mean, it could be hundreds or it could even be thousands of people were following Jesus. And Jesus went on to a mountain, Sermon on the Mount. He went on the side of a mountain and he started to preach. Now, when Jesus preached... He would take his time. Now, some of you get frustrated with two-hour services, but a lot of times, if you read the gospel, Jesus went for days at a time without stopping. And so you complained about a two-hour service before. Come on now. Let's get real with ourselves. Jesus went on a mountain for days at a time, and there was not a couple people there. There was thousands of people listening to Jesus preach on the side of a mountain. Thus called Sermon on the Mount. And in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, we know there's a lot of famous passages in there. The Beatitudes, you know, blessed are you who hunger and thirst after righteousness. We've heard those verses. Uh, There's verses about the Lord's Prayer in there. But this is one of the most famous verses, refrigerator scripture verses that are out there, is Matthew 6, 33. And in the context of what he's saying, he's talking about not worrying about your life. Which, I'll be honest for all of us in here, we've all been worried about our life before. And probably most of us last week. I'll say it if you won't. (laughs) And so he's talking about worrying about your life, but then he's breaking it down and talking about the most basic things we need. And he's talking about people are worried about what they're going to eat, what they're going to drink. Sounds like a teenage boy, doesn't it? Offended. Um, (laughs) They're worried about what they're going to eat, what they're going to drink, what they're going to wear. Those are the basic things that you think about every day. And God's saying, why are you worried about all these things? Why are you worried about all these things? That's what the world does. That's what people that don't know God, that's what they do. But the kingdom of God is different than the world. The way of God is different than the way of the world. And he's saying, if you want to have all these things and not worry about them, don't seek them, seek me. That's the big difference. The world seeks after those things to try to get them. But people who follow God seek after God, and he provides it for them. And I don't know if you figured this out by now, but you're not that good a provider for yourself. And if we could be even a little bit more honest than that, the reason we're worried about it is because we think we're our own provider. Come on. 
Because if God has it covered, then we wouldn't be worried, would we? All right, well, we'll see you guys. God bless. That was my first sermon. And so he says, all these things you're seeking after, you need to seek me. In verse 32, let's read this. For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. So God knows you need everything. He knows it already. But he can't be your provider if you won't put him first in your life. Now, God knows. Now, what's the difference? God knows. Then why isn't it happening? Well, maybe we're not putting him first. Because when we put him first, it allows God to provide these things for us. But God is a gentleman. So if we say we got it to God, he'll let us have it. Do you know that? And none of us would say that, but by our actions, by our worry, we're saying, God, I got this. I'm worried about this. I got this. And he's saying, I I know you have need of all these things, and I want to do it for you. I want to help you, but I can't do it unless you put me first. I can't do it unless you let me be your provider and source of all these things. So God knows we need it, but it says, but seek first the kingdom of God. In his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Now, this word seek means to desire. We could say to desire first the kingdom of God in his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. You know, if you just have a desire towards God, that's good enough for God. Are you hearing me this morning? Doesn't mean you're doing everything right. Doesn't mean you're always making the best choices. But at least if God knows that you have a desire for Him to be first, He can work with that. He can start changing some things in in your life. All He needs to know is that you at least desire Him first. Say, well, I'm not putting Him first yet. But if you're at least desiring, if you're at least leaning that direction, God can move in your life. If you say, God, I just desire, I'm not doing it right now, but I desire to put you first, God can work with you. And he says, I want you to seek me or desire first. Now, this word first, it means so many different things, but notice first can mean before. When you put something first, you put it before everything else. It can also mean the best. When something's first in your life, that means you bring your best to it. You don't bring the last. You don't bring the leftovers. You bring your best. When it's first. When it's first. And first also means that it's a place of the most importance in your life. So when we seek, desire God, that that means we put him before everything else. It also means that we give him the best of our life. Not the leftovers. No, we're still talking about time. Don't think I forgot about that. We can say we're giving him the best of our time. And we're also putting him in a place in our life of most important. Now in the living, it says something like this. It says, speaking about all these things that we're desiring, it says, he will give them to you if you put him first place. What is he talking about? All these things that we're seeking after. He will give those things to you if you put him first place. Now it says, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Now, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Now, the kingdom of God and his righteousness, I know a lot of you have heard this definition before, but let's talk about it again. What is the kingdom of God and his righteousness? The best way to put it is his way of doing things. When we get up every day, we don't think about how do I want to live my life. We don't think about how does the world want me to live my life. We think about how does God want me to live my life. 
And how can I be a part of what he's doing and, and be involved in his way of doing things? His righteousness, his kingdom, the way of God. That's his way of doing things. And he says that you need to put me first and seek the kingdom of God in his righteousness. And notice, and all these things will be added unto you. All these things will be added unto you. Can we be honest here that this word things is not just talking about food and clothes and drink. It's talking about much more than that. All these things will be added unto you. All these things will be added unto you. All these things will be added unto you. If you seek God first, then all these things. What are things? Well, you can answer that better than I could. Because it's different for different people in here. What are things in your life that you need? Because some of you could say over here that, well, the thing that I need is my marriage fixed. Well, that's the thing that can be added unto you if you seek him first. Over here you could say, well, I'm in financial difficulty and I'm, I got a lot of debt and I'm having a lot of trouble paying my bills. Well, that's the thing that you need. So it's all different for all of us in here. Now, there's always some, some basic things, like you said, food and clothes and things that we all need. But there's specific things, are you hearing me this morning, that everyone needs in this place. And I'm saying if you want it fixed, if you want it changed, if you want it healed, if you want it new, don't try to seek after that thing. Seek after Him. And all these things will be added unto you. The stuff that you're worrying about right now, I'm not going to ask you, but we could all say at least one thing in your life right now that you have worried about this past week. I'm saying including myself, there's things I've thought about and worried about this past week. Those things, God can add them to you. But what does he say? You've got to seek me first. You've got to put me first. You've got to put me in the place of most importance. You've got to give me the best. You've got to put me before things. You can't just come to church on Sunday and do what you want Monday through Saturday and expect things to change in your life. Expect things to move in your life. Expect all these things to be different. They won't. Because you've got to seek him first. Are you guys getting something this morning? I feel like you are. (laughs) You know, the early believers worshipped God on Sunday. Now, we know in the Old Testament, their calendar and their days stops on Saturday. Saturday was the last day of the week. They called it the Sabbath day. Some of you have heard of that before. But the early church and the early believers didn't worship God on Saturday. They worshiped him on Sunday. And they worshiped him on Sunday, first of all, because Jesus raised from the dead on Sunday. So they called Sunday the Lord's Day. That's why still today, majority of Christians all over the planet worship God on Sunday. Because it's the Lord's Day. But notice, it's not just the Lord's Day, it's the first day. That's where I needed an organ, right there. The first day. Mm-mm. See, that was, that was the part. I'm sorry, you should have been up there. D, you should have been up there on that part. The first day. Now, a lot of us who live in the Western world, we don't see Sunday as the first day. We see it as the last day of the week, don't we? But to be honest, in God's calendar, Sunday is the first day of the week. So let me tell you something about this. Now, I realize if you lived in a country that they wouldn't let you worship God on Sunday and you had to go to church on Wednesday or Tuesday, God's not holding that against you. But it is a principle here that we worship God on the Lord's Day, which is the first day. 
It's significant the first day. Because it's setting your week right. It's setting your life right. And so let me take this and and be the first challenge of 2016. We're talking about first. We're still talking about your time. How do we put God in our time? Well, a starting place would be to worship God on the first day. Which is awesome for all of you in here because you're one for one right now. You're 100% attendance for 2016, which is awesome. So that's something real practical we can do because some of us don't do that consistently. But you know, it's an honor to God and it's putting God first that every Sunday you're in the house of God. Not because you felt like being in the house of God. Not because you always want to be in the house of God, but you're making a statement to your family, to yourself, to your community, to your church, that I'm going to put you first every week of my life, and I'm going to start the first day with you because that will affect the next six days of the week after that. So that's a real practical way. Let me challenge you. How do we put God first in our life? Well, it would start with let's honor him on the first day. That's how we put him first. Because trust me, you guys know if you've been to church on Sunday and you receive so much, it affects the rest of your week. And you know the times that you've blown off church and you really needed church. Hello, somebody. You needed church that week. You know how you acted that week, and it was nasty. You were cussing at people. You were slamming doors. You were honoree to be around. Why? Because you didn't put them first that week. And you don't realize what you get when you're in the house of God. You don't realize what you receive when you put God first on Sunday, how that dramatically affects the rest of your week. A lot of us that live in the Western world, we take it for granted because we've always kind of done that. But there's something supernatural that happens. There's something powerful that happens when we put God first on the first day of the week. I got to preach in there a little bit. So we need to put Him first in our week. So we worship God on the first day. Let's look at Ephesians 5. And we're going to close here in a moment. Preacher joke. Preacher joke. Close here in a moment, which could mean hours or days. Ephesians 5. You guys get anything this morning? Nobody's falling asleep, right? If somebody's falling asleep, let's just carry them out right now. And set them in the foyer. Really, somebody could just yell in their ear first, as loud as possible. That would be cool. So, Matthew, not Matthew, Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5 and verse 15. It says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Verse 16, it says, Redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Now, Paul's speaking to this church in Ephesus, and he says, I want you to walk with wisdom, not as fools. Verse 16, notice, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Redeeming the time for the days are evil. Now, when we think about God on a weekly basis and even a daily basis, I think that most of us in here, you legitimately love God. You legitimately want to serve God. But sometimes practically, we don't put him first, we put him last. And it's not because we're just anti-God, we don't want to spend time with God, we don't want to hang out with God. It's just we let too many other priorities get in. Especially in the culture and day in the United States that we live. It's constant. 
24 hours a day, seven days a week, constantly there's always something to do. So we even have to be more intentional than people who lived hundreds of years ago. We have to be more intentional, even people that lived thousands of years ago, about putting God first. Now, this is what happens. I know it happens to you in thinking about, I do this for a living, and sometimes you can do things for God and not actually spend time with God. Not the same thing. But I know some days, probably for you, especially those of you who work, you have a family, there's hobbies in your life, you don't intentionally say, God, I don't want to put you first in my life today. That's my decision. It just happens. Because it's life. It just happens. You wake up, and if you got kids, you understand what I'm saying? You're distracted, to say the least. There's things going on. You're not thinking about studying and worshiping God right then. You're thinking about, how can I survive the rest of this day? That's what you're thinking. You're thinking, I got this. I'm going to chug some vitamin C water and some coffee and make it through this day right now. So that's just what I do every day. So you don't intentionally do it, but you go from there, and then if you have a job, you go right to work, and guess what? Your employer's not paying you to study and worship God, so you can't really do that when you're there most of the time. You might have an opportunity here and there. You come home. Sometimes you're tired. You want to eat some food. Not really the greatest time to worship and praise God right then, so you end up watching a TV show, which if it's on Netflix turns into... Ten seasons instead of one episode. And then you end up in a coma a week and a half later, not knowing what happened to you. That's the power of Netflix. That's why I don't have Netflix. It's just, it's too much. It's a little too much. But anyways, you watch a show, you get tired, and then... It's bedtime. And then, where was God in that day? I'm not saying that's a condemning way because I've done this before. And I work here. (laughs) And I get paid to do this. But you could end up doing practical stuff. Something needs to be cleaned. Something needs to happen on the computer. Something needs to be changed on stage. You need to go take your guitar and do this and that. And then where's God in that time? We're going somewhere. And so we don't on purposely say, God, I'm not going to spend any time with you today, so deal with it. (laughs) No, it just happens sometimes if we're not intentional about it. And then let me say this, and then if you add on sporting events, and orchestra, and band concerts, and hobbies, in the gym, and shopping. <laughs> and you start stacking all these things up, you really don't have any time. But understand this, all of us in here, can control our time. All of us in here can be intentional about what we want to do and what we don't want to do. And we're going to have to be overly intentional about putting God first in our time if it's going to happen. If you just think it's going to happen just because it's the beginning of the year, it's not going to happen. And you know what? You're going to restart your Bible reading plan next January when you only got to the second day. Still here. We have to be intentional about spending time with God and putting him first in our life. Now, I read this scripture in Ephesians because it says, 
to redeem the time because the days are evil. To redeem the time because the days are evil. A lot of you are saying, I don't have time to spend with God. It's not true. You have to make time to put God first in your life. But when thinking about this scripture, because I already, I already have heard through the Spirit. No, not through the Spirit. Just in general. All your excuses. I already heard them back there already. I got a job. I got kids. I got hobbies. I got to finish the next season on Netflix. I have crafts to do. I got to take my kids to band practice. I have things to do. I've already heard all those excuses, but you can still put God first. And this is what God told me about this verse. He told me, if you put him first in your time, then he can redeem your time. And you're saying, well, I don't have enough time to get everything done in my day. You probably don't, but if you put him first, he can redeem your time. That you can get, are you listening to me? That you can get more things done in the same day because he redeemed your time because you put him first in your time. And there's people struggling trying to do half of what you do, but they don't put God first, so God's not redeeming their time. And God told me, for everybody in here, if you start putting God first in your time, he will start redeeming it every day. That you can get more things done, that you can accomplish more things, and don't be thinking, well, if I really put God first, I'm not going to have time for... And let me just remind you what first means. It means before. It means best. It means if I don't get anything else done in this day but spend time with God, it will be an accomplished day. It will be a day worth it. If I don't get all the laundry fixed and if I don't clean all the dishes, it will be okay. If I don't make it to the gym, it will be okay. If I spent time with God, I don't have to be at every play, every band concert, every sporting event. I don't have to watch every season on Netflix. If I spent time with God and put Him first, it was a good day. Notice because all the rest of the things need to come after that. You got to put it in order. Yeah, if you get around to it, go for it. God wants you to enjoy your life and have fun, but you got to put him first. Put your life in order and he will redeem your time. How does he do that? I don't know. It is, it's supernatural. How does God redeem your time when you have the same hours as everybody else? It's supernatural. But we serve a supernatural God, and God says, if you put me first, I can redeem your time. And notice it says, redeem the time for the days are evil. We don't have to even discuss if the days are evil or not. You live on this planet, you see the news, but God says, I can redeem your time in these evil days. If you put me first. Did you get anything this morning? Woo! Well, I'm going to give you something today as a challenge, a real practical challenge. So before we do this, we said one way to put God first in our time is to worship Him the first day of the week. But practically, daily, what can we do to put God first in our time? Now, I know some of you are already established in that. Some of you already have a devotional life. You have a prayer life. You have study time. But I would dare say majority of people, it's a little sketchy. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. Because you need to know where to start somewhere. And so I want to talk to you about this just for a moment. So we're going to put God first in our week by worshiping him on the first day, but daily, doing something daily that puts God first in our time. I'm going to challenge you with this, and and we have some things to pass out in a moment, not yet, but it's called the first 15 challenge. And I want to challenge everybody in this church to do this 
for the next 21 days. Now they say it takes 21 days to start a new habit. So we're hoping this is what happens. The next 20 day, 21 days you're going to do this and you're going to start a new habit in your life for the rest of your life with putting God first in your time. Now I know some of you will say, I just can't do it in the morning. I just can't. I can't do it. I got to do afternoon or I got to do late night with God. Can I just challenge you and plead with you for 21 days, do it first. That's the significance of it. Do it first. I heard Pastor Nancy say before, it matters how you start your day. Most of us don't start our day too well. Half woken up, spilling coffee, tripping over toys, throwing your cat, <laughs> lots of stuff. And Lord knows cats need to be thrown. But not dogs, just cats. Just cats, okay. So, <laughs> cats are demonic. They are <laughs> demonic. <laughs> they have no heart. They have no soul. <laughs> but dogs are different. Okay. Anyways, all right, I'm back here. I'm sorry. I apologize. Will you people that have cats please do this for me? Please, okay. All right, so it's called the First 15 Challenge. So next 21 days, we're going to all do this together. Now, we call it the First 15 Challenge because we're talking about 15 minutes. We set it at a time that whether you're 7 years old or 77 years old, you can do this. Because I realize if we, if we did something more than that, some people would feel overwhelmed. But everybody in this place can say... That God, I can give you 15 minutes. It sounds sad when I'm saying it like that. 15 minutes. But trust me, just 15 minutes with God first can change the rest of your day. Can change the rest of your week. So for the next 15 days, I mean next 21 days, every morning when you wake up, we're going to spend 15 minutes with God and we're going to break it down like this. First of all, and this says it in this lovely journal. <laughs> Pretty nice, I know. All right, maybe not. Maybe not too nice. Spent a lot of money on this. No, we didn't. Um, 15 minutes. So the first five minutes when you wake up is praise and worship. First five minutes of that 15 is praise and worship. Now, the reason we put that first is because of this. And I thought about this scripture the other week. is because in Psalm 100 and verse 4, it says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise and be thankful to him and bless his name. So we want to go into God's presence, worshiping him and thanking him for five minutes. It's not too hard, people. Five minutes. Now, we're going to go from there to five minutes of prayer. And then last, five minutes in the Bible. Now, I know some of you probably already do more than that right now. But I'm just saying, let, let this be a starting place for the rest of you in here. So for the next 21 days, we're going to do the first 15 challenge. First thing in our day. Now, could you guys hand these out? Why don't you just raise your hand. If you want to do this next 21 days and you want one of these journals, raise your hand and they'll give you one. So... The first couple of pages just explains what it is. And on every day, I thought this would be good. On every day, there's a section for each thing. So day one, it talks about praise and thanksgiving. On day one, I want you to write down 
what you thanked God for that day when you woke up. The second thing is prayer. I want you to write down what you prayed about. And last but not least here where it has the Bible, I want you to write down what you read. I mean, you don't have to write out all the verses, but you could write down what you read in the Bible. And that way we can keep ourselves accountable that we're actually doing it. That way we can look back on this and say, well, God, I prayed for this, and on day 20, it showed up. God, I prayed for something on day 3, and day 10, it showed up. I thanked you for this, and this happened on this day. So I thought this would be good for all of us in here to practically say, God, I'm going to put you first in my time by starting the next 21 days, that's the next three weeks, to put you first every day in my life by spending time with you. And I believe you're going to be different after these next 21 days. Just 15 minutes? Yeah, just 15 minutes. God can do something in your life in 15 minutes. Now, if you got more time than that, rock it. you got more time than that. Do more. But let's just start here. So five minutes of thanksgiving or praise, five minutes of prayer, and five minutes of the word. Sound good to you guys? So we're going to challenge each other. And I encourage you guys, why don't you talk about this with each other? Talk about this with people that you go to work with or go to school with and challenge others to be a part of this. Now, tomorrow we're going to put um, a version of this on the website on the first page. So if you didn't get one of these or you lost it, you could just print it out at home or you can look at it online. Also, we're going to try to make sure that all the messages that are preached, especially on Sunday morning, is going to be on the website for free all the time. So if you want to download it, if you want to listen to it online, it will all be there. Sound good? So let me challenge you with that as we close, that we want to put God first in our time. It's going to be a different year for us if we do that. We put God first in our time. And now next week we're going to talk about treasure, and then the week after that we're going to talk about talents. Brother Daryl, could you come up and play for a moment here? I'm sorry, I kind of took a little bit more time than I realized today. Hey, but I'm the pastor, right? Yes, you are. I talk however long I want. It's only 1141. I mean, who you go beat to the cafeteria anyways? So as we're closing, let's, uh, every head bowed, every eye closed for a second here. Let me say this as we close. I know some of you in here, maybe, maybe you don't know God or maybe you're far from God. And you've heard what's been taught today and you're saying that I know I need to change some things in my life. I know my life's been out of order. It's not working right now. We're not going to make you come up to the front, but I want to pray for you today. And first of all, before we give a salvation call, I want to say this. Nobody looking around. This is between you and God. If you want to just say right now to God, God, I know I've been putting you last in my life. I haven't put you first. I know things are out of order. They haven't been working. And Father, I'm going to commit to you, not just these next three weeks, but this entire year, I'm going to put you first and watch you change things in my life. I want you to raise your hand if that's you. Thank you, Father. Nobody looking around. Thank you, Father. Father, we just pray right now as a church family, we get in agreement. We, we say, Father, that we're putting you back in first place. We're putting you in the place of importance in our life. We're putting you before other things. And Father, we thank you. Your word is true. And it says if we seek you first, everything that we desire will be added unto us. All these things that we've been trying to seek after that it's not working, that we seek after you, Father. Father, I thank you for this church family. You see their hearts. You see their hands, that they're agreeing. That, Father, they're going to put you back in first place right now. In Jesus' name.
Let me ask this also before we close. You say, I don't know God or I need to know God. Or I used to and I just want to rededicate my life to God. Could you just raise your hand for a moment? We're going to pray a prayer with you. Nobody looking around. Nobody needs to be embarrassed. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. I see several hands this morning. Let's all just pray this as a church family. Father, I come to you. I thank you for sending your son to die for me. I receive into my life. Make me a new person. Give me a fresh start. I'm going to put you first in my life. I thank you that I'm a new person. Old things are passed away. And all things have become new. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on, can we rejoice for a moment? Can we rejoice for a moment?